Welcome to In the Spotlight, a regular podcast from the Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Hello, Stuart Laundy, welcoming you along to In the Spotlight, the Witham's uh, weekly podcast, where it's laughter all the way this week. Yes, we've got a comedy special for you, uh, focusing on the Edinburgh Preview Week coming up at the end of July. Joining me in a moment will be Peter Dixon of funnywaytobe.com, and special guest this week is Newcastle-based comedian uh, Anth Young. He'll be along a bit later for a good chat. And as usual, Jane Woodward will be along as well to chat about what's coming up in the next few days, as well as looking a bit further ahead. So as I mentioned, it's comedy all the way this week, and I'm delighted to welcome along friend of the podcast, Peter Dixon. Hello, Stuart. Peter, this week is in his role as promoter for Funny Way to Be Comedy, because at the end of July, we have a... a, I was trying to think of this before. What's a collective noun for comedians? I thought perhaps a scrum... Well, that's not bad, you know, <laughs> something like that. Scrum of comedians. Um, we have got Giles Brandreth, who sold out, obviously. Uh, Scott Bennett, Louise Young, uh, Matt Bragg, Dan Tiernan, and Anth Young come in at the end of the month. Um, busy time, Peter. It is. It's, it's all within a week as well. So, um, yeah, from Tuesday to Saturday, we've got six preview shows happening at the Witham. Absolutely. This is all connected to uh, the Edinburgh Fringe, isn't it? It is, yes. Um the majority of those shows, in fact, I think all of them apart from uh, Anth Young are actually going to Edinburgh, um, at least for part. I don't think uh, Scott Bennett's going for very long, but he, he's going to pop up there, I believe. But uh, Louise Young, Matt Bragg, Dantin and, and Giles are doing full shows there and the shows that will be presented in Barnard Castle will be uh, live and in person at Edinburgh within a week later on. Who needs Edinburgh eh, when you can come to Barney? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the weather's better and uh, it's a lot cheaper. And there's not as many people about. No, indeed, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what's, uh, I mean, you go to Edinburgh every year. I'm presuming you're scouting for new uh, potential new comedians to bring to us. But what's the, what's the appeal of, uh, of Edinburgh? Uh, generally, for anybody that goes. In fact, I was um, at the Stand Comedy Club in Newcastle last night and I was talking to somebody there and they'd never been. They lived in Newcastle. And I, I was saying to them that, that why don't you just get on a train one day, go up, have a look around and then come back because you can be there for 11 in the morning and uh, the last train's nine o'clock at night. And it's such good fun. Um, it can be expensive if you're stopping over and that sort of thing. Everything seems to go up in price. The tickets aren't that expensive compared to normal shows because everything is so competitive. You know, you're paying, you know, anything from, well, free shows, some of them. Uh, where you make a donation uh, right the way through to sort of 20 quid or so. But you can see big acts, you can see up-and-coming acts. Um, it's just a, a massive, fantastic buzz. And if you do your research, you'll get to see either people you really want to see or you'll you know, land up on somebody who uh, is up-and-coming and is going to be doing well in the future. And you can brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> is it true that the average audience for, these, for these, some of these Edinburgh gigs is, is kind of a handful of people? Uh, I have 
been in the past when I was sort of, I first started going in the late 70s and I, I used to go to some shows when it was like that and it, it, it hasn't changed as such but it, it's just the type of shows that you go to I think um, the sort of shows that I go to nowadays they tend to be people who are on the up and up or uh, are relatively well known or are going to be touring next year and are very well known uh, so they tend to be sold out at, at some point often not sold out right until the end uh, just before the show, but uh, sold out, never the same. Um, and very few of them have uh, small audiences. But when you get obscure shows, uh, like particularly theatre shows or some music shows, you, you do get very small audiences. So I've, I don't know what the average number of people in a show is, but because of the um, Edinburgh Festival people do produce statistics on this sort of stuff, but I don't think it's very high. I think yeah. it's it's in its uh, you know tens and twenties that sort of thing. Now, just looking at the, uh, the 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 half dozen superstars who are coming to Barney at the end of the month, Giles Brandreth I think uh, needs no introduction. I think everybody knows all about Giles. He's been here what two or three times before now. Uh, yeah, I think this is the fourth time fourth. he's uh, coming. Yeah, and uh, he's. In those years, which I think is maybe over the last six or seven years I've known him and brought him up here, he's, he's become more and more popular. He's been on the telly so much this yeah. last uh, this last year. Uh, and previously, when I first uh, put him on, he maybe took two or three months to sell his tickets. This time they were all sold within three or four days. So it kind of shows um, the people in Barnet Castle have got used to him. But he's, I think he's probably more popular nationally as well. Yeah, I think he, he's almost fallen into the bracket of national treasure these days, isn't he? He is, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, he's sort of taken over that role from Nicholas Parsons, I think. People like that who sadly passed away. But yeah, he is. And he, he's so involved in so many things. He, I mean, he's a writer. He, he's an expert on the royal family. So, um, you know, when the various uh, royal um, events were happening this year, he was uh, on the telly talking about that. And... Uh, He's in, involved in all sorts of word things, so he's on lots of quiz shows, he hosts shows, and he did tell me once that, um, you know, there are these quiz shows where they have uh, varying numbers of different presenters on, that uh, he ticks the box of older presenter, where uh, not going to cause much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that's Giles, obviously. Uh, tell us a little bit about Scott Bennett. Not not someone that I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not huge up hugely up on me comedians, but uh, tell us a bit about Scott Bennett. Yeah, um, Scott is on a really fast trajectory of uh, you know going to become a star. Um, he's the last three or four years he's playing a lot bigger audiences and. He, his material is absolutely fantastic. If you just go onto YouTube and search for Scott, Scott Bennett, he has loads and loads of clips of different routines he does. He's kind of natural. He, he chats to the audience, as, as often these clips are, because they don't necessarily post their sort of show material. They post the sort of things that happen in between. And his material is so naturally funny. Um, he was introduced to, to by, by Jason Cook to me, uh, who does uh, does some writing with him. Um, but I think his live work is is kind of so wonderful, and I think we're going to be seeing him in, um, you know, sitcoms. And he certainly writes a lot for a lot of different people. Oh, okay. uh, very much in demand. Excellent stuff. And um, Anth Young, we don't need to talk about because he's our special guest this week. He is. But yeah. the uh, the other three that you've got on on the Edinburgh Preview Day on Saturday, the twenty ninth of July. Let's just have a quick word about them. First up, we've got Louise Young. Yes, Louise is fantastic. I've seen a lot of her over the last uh, couple of years. She 
supported um has supported still does support a lot of uh, big name acts um but yeah very very popular and a brilliant comedian i saw her at the final of uh, the leicester comedian of the year a few years ago and uh, she didn't actually win it but she was in the sort of final three absolutely wonderful set and you could see you know the people that kind of get to that level are going to be people who yeah. you know five or six years time are going to be doing fantastically well i but reckon th- sorry i was going to say i reckon a good test of her material is the fact that she's opening the show at five o'clock on a saturday afternoon i think you've got to be confident in your material to do that yeah definitely well a, a show is called feral as well and when she comes on stage, she doesn't do it anymore, but she, she used to say, uh, I'm not a uh, Amy Winehouse tribute act or something like that, something <laughs> funnier than that. But because uh, she looks a little bit like Amy Winehouse oh. and definitely when she puts her hair up, uh, but she get, can look a bit disheveled as well. And <laughs> she kind of plays on that a bit. And the show is called Feral. And part of the press material that she sent out, she was uh, saying that uh, when she was naming the show, she kind of said, to some of her friends, do you think I'll get away with a title like that? And they all said, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's Louise. And then at 6.30, we've got Matt Bragg. Yes, Matt, I saw him at uh, Leicester earlier this year and uh, fabulous show. In fact, I saw this show. He was uh, doing an early preview of it then. Absolutely wonderful show. Um, uh, the, the show's called uh, Nothing Wrong With Him. And again, he supports a lot of uh, top acts. He's been touring arenas, in fact, with... Um, uh, Ricky Gervais so All he's right. been playing some massive audiences uh, and in fact the, the day I saw him I think a couple of days before I'd been playing some massive arena somewhere Ah well at, uh, at Barney he'll be able to see the whites of the eyes He will indeed yeah. <laughs> So that's Matt and then uh, 8 o'clock uh, the coveted 8 o'clock slot yes. uh, Dan Tiernan who looks in his press photo as if he's about 12 <laughs> He does doesn't he uh, he, He's not though he's, uh, I don't know how old he is actually but he's, he's a young comedian but he's doing extremely well. He's um, sort of won lots of different uh, different awards. Um, he's currently the BBC newcomer of the oh, year, yes, yep, which yep. is a a massive thing. I mean, yeah. the, the rounds to you know stages to get through to yeah. actually win that is actually incredible. So, and I I don't know if people have noticed over the years, but I've had a history of uh, bringing those people to Barnard Castle. Um, you know, uh, back. From Lucy Beaumont days, you know, sort of yeah. 12 years ago, she won it, and uh, Steve Bougier, people like that. And uh, I think everybody who wins that has a glittering career ahead of them. Excellent. And then, of course, we finish off with Anth Young at 9.30, so that makes for a good evening of comedy. Now then, Giles Brandreth is sold out, but check the uh, Funny Way to Be website for any returns. That's right. Tickets are available for all the other shows. Scott Bennett... Uh, is on Wednesday the 26th of July at 8 o'clock. Uh, his show it has an age advisory of 14 plus and tickets at £12. Um, and then on the uh, the Edinburgh preview day on Saturday, July the 29th, you can buy tickets for each individual show for £8 or you can buy a day ticket for £25. Best thing to do, I think, uh, rather than check the Witham website on this one, is probably to check funnywaytobe.com and that has all the details of absolutely everything you want to know. And we've got a culinary treat as well, haven't we? I was we? just going to say, I, th- I didn't realise you knew that, actually, Stu. I was just going to jump in there before you closed it and uh, say, yeah, there's um, pizza coming. There's um, fantastic, I can't get the right name for it. I'm going to call it a truck, pizza <laughs> truck. But it's 
it looks better than that. Uh, and uh, you're selling the, it well, are you? Yeah, the, the chap who does it, it I, I think I might be right in saying the sourdough pizzas, but don't quote me on that. But they are absolutely fantastic, and there's a range of. Uh, I think he's got about a dozen different pizzas on that you can order. Yeah. Uh, the 12 inches and as standard. And um, uh, when I'm sending out the newsletter, I sent out one yesterday with uh, the menu on, and you can pre-order them. You don't have to pre-order them. And it's open to the public, actually. You don't have to come to the show, but we hope you do, of course. Um, you, you can sort of pop into the back of the Witham where it's going to be in the garden, uh, cooking away. Absolutely. If only we'd thought earlier a free pizza with every ticket. <laughs> yes. Alas, no, no, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, Peter. Thanks for dropping by once again. Sounds like a brilliant uh, week of comedy we've got at the end of July. And we'll speak again soon. Thank you, Stuart. Hi, this is Sheila. Hi, this is Jim. And we're volunteers. And you're, you're listening, listening to In the Spotlight, the Withens Podcast. So as Peter mentioned, this year's Edinburgh Preview Day takes place on Saturday, July the 29th. And closing the show this time is Tyneside-based funny man Anth Young, who I caught up with the other day and we started with a little confession. We should be a bit honest because you're not actually going to Edinburgh, are you? I'm not, no. Um, I, I cannot financially justify going to Edinburgh. Um, I just can't ever imagine the conversation where I walk up to my wife and go, hi, is it okay if I leave you and my daughter for a full month and spend three grand in Edinburgh? I just, I don't see that going down too well, to be honest. Um, so no, I'm I'm not going to Edinburgh, but I, I do, I wrote the show um, the other year. It was, it's the first show I've ever wrote. And I think it would do quite well at Edinburgh. Um, I don't want to be arrogant. I, I, I'm very proud of the show. Uh, right. So when Peter mentioned giving us the chance to to do it again, I jumped at it. I, I ah, really do like it. So the show's called Family Man. Just just give us a flavour of what it's about. Yeah, it's it starts off um, me just talking about. It's basically my comedy journey over the first nine years, where I started off as a single man with me me single jokes, living at home with my parents, to inheriting a house, um, meeting my me wife through comedy, and then ultimately having my own little uh, hellraiser, and just how I'm now a family man from a a single man, um, and it it's a story about my dad passing, um, and losing my dad and that as well. So, it's got a little bit of everything, um. And the reason I'm so proud of it, I think, is it's the first nine years of good jokes that I've wrote putting together into an hour. It's kind of cheating, if anything, is what it is. <laughs> How long have you been a professional comedian? Um, I'd done my first ever gig, I think it was about 10 years ago. Um, but I, I never know at what point do you say you've, you've been a professional comedian because the first two years was just going around doing gigs in front of four or five people, kind of like the Edinburgh Festival, to be fair. Um, <laughs> just... Just going around in front of little rooms upstairs of pubs, doing it in front of a few people. Um, I remember my first ever gig was at the stand, um, and it was packed. And I went in, and I was like, I've never seen it this busy before. And they were like, oh, Kevin Bridges has jumped on, and he's headlining. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I walked in the green room, Kevin Bridges was there, Simon Donald was there, Ben Crompton was there. And I was like, oh, wow, this is next level. And I said to Kevin Bridges, I went, I'm just a fan can I please have a photograph? And he went, only if you're funny. 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's my first ever gig. And you're seeing his face drop. And I'd done my first five minutes. I think I got like three applause breaks. It, it was one of the best gigs I've ever done. And when I walked backstage, Kevin Bridges went there, uh, you get your photo. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then uh, the next week, I did a gig at a place called the Star and Shadow Cinema. And there was like six people in. And I was like, how did I go from 300 people last week to six people? And it was just getting the adjustment for, for starting in comedy. But now I get to do some amazing, amazing rooms being to our support for Carl Hutchinson. So, yeah. yeah. Before you before you set out on this, did, did you have what I, w- I would describe as a proper job? Yeah, call centres all my life. Um, oh. <laughs> I've, I left school, I became a joiner. That didn't work. A window fitter. That didn't work. A hairdresser for three years. Uh, that did not work. And then I just ended up going in call centers, but I hated it. I constantly rang in sick. I once pretended to poo my pants so I could go home from work early because I was I was at the end of all my sick days. I couldn't have any more sick. I'd already <laughs> used swine flu. Remember when swine flu was a thing? I'd use that. And I was like, it's such a nice day. I want to go home. So I just went to the toilet for 10 minutes, waddled back to my desk, went, excuse me, I've uh, pooed my pants. And they were like, just go, just go home. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, re- I knew I had to do something I loved. And luckily, t- touch wood, I've never rang in sick for comedy yet. Um, I've had stomach bugs. I've I've been on the toilet five minutes before I went on stage. And I, I do every gig. I, I, I love the job. Was there a sort of a, 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 a light bulb moment where you thought, yes, I can get up in front of people and do this? No, I don't know. This is going to be, it's quite dark for being like, yeah, come and see comedy. Um, so I lost me, I lost me granddad at like 30 and I moved into this house on my own. Um, I know I did just before I lost me, but I, I was, I was sitting at the table one day, just, just depressed, uh, quite suicidal. And I seen the standard opened at Newcastle. So I started going on a Wednesday to Red Raw, on a Thursday to whoever was on. Uh, on a Sunday to Gav Webster, Sunday Assembly. And I was watching an act one day and I'll not mention them. Um, and they were doing Gav Webster Sunday Assembly and they were dying. Not a single laugh. Everyone was staring into their pain glasses. And I just went to him, mate, I went, I could do that. And he went, well, do it then. So I spoke to Richard Manager. I went, can I have a go? And he went, email Eva. And uh, yeah, literally two months later, I was on stage. I'd wrote my first five minutes. And that rush you get from that first, if it goes well, hopefully, that rush, you're just chasing it for the rest of your your time really it was there was no light bulb moment where i went i'm going to be a comedian it just kind of saved my life if i'm honest it was uh, very fortunate have you always been an entertaining sort of a chap have you always been the life and soul of the party i've always been gobby <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, I've always been very gobby um and i, I do like to, to if, if the party's going i'll i'll be the center of chatting to people and stuff but I walked into my local pub uh, a couple of months back and a guy I went to school with, Peter Little, was there. And he went, hey, I, I see your name all over. You're doing really well, but uh, you're not funny. And I went, what? Like, you've never seen us? He went, no, just like, it's schooling that, mate. You just weren't funny. So um, I, I'm the life and soul of the party, but apparently uh, I'm not. Even my mum said that. She's like, yeah, you're really good on stage, but like, I just don't find you funny, which is, you know, nice thing to hear from you, your supporting mum. Aye, one. That's one for when you win a comedy award, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'd just like to shove that in her face. Um, to be fair to her, she came and finally seen us with with our partner Colin uh, the other year at Durham when I was supporting Carl, and I'd, I'd done well. It was a good gig, and I'd done a joke about my mum having a stroke on stage, and like it got a big cheer for my mum and stuff. And when she came back, she had tears in her eyes, and she's like, I, "I can't believe how good you were." Um, 
so she must have changed her opinion that was, slightly. That, that was kind of damned with faint praise, really, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah, very much so. But yeah, if she'll speak to anyone, she'll go, he does well, but I don't find him funny. No, <laughs> lovely, man, lovely. He did. What sort, what sort of comedian? Are you a joke teller or are you a storyteller or a bit of both? Or Storyteller mainly. Um, my inspiration, I've got his box sets upstairs, was always Billy Conley. Um, I think everyone remembers all his, like, saddle up and ride your pony. The one that stuck out for me was he tells a story about going away in a camper van with his kids and he's building a dragon's nest. And he's like, look, kids. And, like, he does all this amazing things. And at the end of the whole trip, he's like, what was your favourite bit? And they went rainbow. And he went, what? And it was a VHS that was in the camper van when he hired it. And that story sticks for me because it was like it was family, it was funny, it was engaging. But if you ask anyone, that's not the story they remember of Billy Connolly. But that's that's how I grew up watching comedy. I remember all these little stories, and I think that's kind of what I based myself on. So instead of blowing three grand, taking yourself up for a good time up at Edinburgh, yeah. um, what you what are you going to be doing in August then? <laughs> um, look, yeah, Carl is took a couple of months off his tour. Would go back in September, and I just didn't book much in because I've got the. I'm the stay-at-home dad as well. The whole family man thing's real. So my wife's working and I've just got a, a month with my, my daughter and my dog and I couldn't be happier. Uh, just a full month of us. A couple of gigs in here and there. Uh, Bonnie Castle, Hex, uh, Hexham. Um, and a couple more for for some local comedians, but I'm not going anywhere till September. Just got the month off. If any promoters watching, uh, I'm free and the kid will be doing me head in come the end of August. Uh but just yeah, don't just, just don't ask your mum what you like. Just don't ask me mum. And uh me, me wife will be sick of us as well. So she'll tell you I'm really good uh, just to get us out of the house. Um so looking a bit further ahead, have you have you a planner? I mean you, you say you meant the, the the family man show that you do and when you come to see us you wrote that a little bit back. Are you working on new material? Have you got something in the pipeline? Yeah um uh, um, there's a bit of a format happening uh, that I quite like. Um, Carl Hutchinson, who I support, supports Chris Ramsey. So when Ramsey's on tour, Carl plugs his Time Theatre show. So when I'm doing the Time Theatre with Carl at the end of November, I'm going to plug my show, which I have not wrote yet, um, which is going to be January at the stand. Um, I'm doing an afternoon show. I think it's like the, the last Sunday of the month or something. Um, and I'm, I'm calling it Forever Young. Uh, and it's just, the, the my premises on writing it is just how uh, you feel young in your mind, but uh, the body does not agree. And I'm finding that out even at the age of 40. Um, uh, where till you get to 56? So someone, someone literally, I told them that the other day, they went, wait till you get to 50. And I was like, don't put a dampener on it. It all started. <laughs> did, did you, have you done the free NHS health check yet? Um. Oh, hey, when I hit 50, I was checked from top to toe for about three years proper. It, honestly, the centre's in a, 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 basically a birthday card. Get your free NHS health check for 40 to 70-year-olds, which is a horrible bracket to be put in in the first place. <laughs> and uh, I went, and honestly, for the next three weeks, the doctor's office rang us every day. Like, you know, you've got high cholesterol. You know, you're fat. You know, you might have diabetes. You, and honestly, I've ended up having uh, an operation. Uh, I've now got a shoulder. Th I haven't been away. Since turning 40, I haven't been away from the hospital and the doctors. And the worst thing I ever done was got that NHS health check letter if <laughs> anyone's listening under 40 don't go to it just live in peaceful <laughs> bliss um you, you touched on it before about the sort of comedy hierarchy um is is com is the comedy world is it competitive or do you all chug along together are you supportive of one another how how would you say how, how would you say it works 
it's definitely changed. Um, when you first start comedy, you look at uh, lineups and pro bills, and you, you're looking at your your rivals who are open makers, and you're like, how are they getting that spot? How are they getting that spot? Um, but now I'm I'm ten years in. I'm absolutely buzzing for everyone. Uh, I'm buzzing if I get a gig. Um, Anna Thomas has just got a, a bit of work with a BBC lady, Bigfoot that got aired last night in BBC Wheels. And uh, Lauren Patterson's starting to get TV work. She's doing really well. Louise Young is smashing it, and I'm just buzzing for everyone. Genuinely buzzing. So um, yeah, I think I think nowadays it's more supportive. They've got a thing called Felt Out in the northeast, which is um, comedy for the comics run by the comics. And I notice at the higher level, everyone's just like, oh, they're doing that. That's great. But you hear the little undertones in the green rooms with the newer acts and they're still doing that bitter thing where they're like, how's he getting that gig? <laughs> so it, it progresses as you get as you get more uh, tenure. You're kind of just happy for everyone. Uh, oh. But at the beginning, very bitter, very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. We wish you every success with your future ventures and have a good August. Thank and, uh, and we'll, before that, we'll see you at the end of July at the Witham. See you there. That'll be great, Charles Barney. Thank you. Hi, this is Stacey from The Calf, and you're listening to In The Spotlight, The Witham's podcast. So joining me once again to have a look at what's on in the next few days and a bit further ahead, it's Jane Woodward. Hello, Jane. How are we doing? I'm all right, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, we're struggling on, as you can tell. Yes. <laughs> Um, right, first of all, we're going to look uh, a little bit further ahead to a couple of uh, shows that have been uh, put on sale this week. We've got music and we've got theatre. Let's do the music first because I like this one. Explosive Light Orchestra. Yes, this is a tribute to the amazing Electric Light Orchestra. Exactly. One of my favourite bands of the late 70s, early 80s when I was in my teens. <laughs> yep, they're playing all the classic hits celebrating the music of Jeff Lynne. Do you want me to sing Mr. Blue Sky? Oh, I'd love you to sing, Stuart. Well, perhaps another time. <laughs> it's, it's, been quite a long, it's been quite a long podcast so far with all the comedy, so I'll spare you Mr. Blue Sky for now. All right, then. <laughs> so, yes, the Explosive Light Orchestra is coming on Saturday the 13th of April, and they are guaranteed to have audiences dancing. Good. Yes, we, we've fixed this one up with a dance floor, I think. Yes. I thought so. Yes, there will be a dance floor. There will be seats available as well, if you want to listen. So you've got the choice. Now, on stage, we've got to look forward to The Hound of the Baskervilles featuring a rather familiar face. Yes. Um, and I was going to ask Lewis, my son, who's a Doctor Who fan. Oh, am I speaking to the microphone? <laughs> yes. So The Hound, Hound of the Baskervilles yeah. um, stars Colin Baker. Sixth Doctor. That was what I was going to ask. Who did he come after? Uh, Peter Davison. Who came after Colin Baker, though? Oh, Sylvester McCoy. All right. Yeah, I think he knows his stuff, Stuart. Yeah. I don't think you're going to catch him out. These Doctor Who fans, they're anoraks, the lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind that Colin Baker, was his, his time was probably about at least 20 years before you were born, if not longer. Uh, but Lewis has seen all of them, every single episode. No, not every single one. Have no. you got all the box sets? No. He's starting to collect them. Birthday presents. <laughs> right, anyway, so, we don't want to know about Doctor Who. We want to know about Hound of the Baskervilles. Yes. So, Thursday, the 25th of April, live on stage, the Hound of the Baskervilles performed as a radio play starring Colin Baker as Sherlock Holmes and Terry Malloy as Dr. Watson. So, fans of The Archers... Mm hmm he played Mike Tucker for 40 years plus. 
I knew you'd get some singing in there somewhere. And there's also Dee Sadler, who was in All Creatures Great and Small. Excellent. When's that coming? Thursday, 25th of April. It's a brand new stage adaptation. Right. Now then, looking for the next week ahead, um, we've got some youth theatre coming up, haven't we? Tuesday, uh, Thursday the 20th. Yes, our own uh, in-house Turrets Youth Theatre. This is the juniors section. This looks a great little play, this one. It does, It does. yes. It's a detective story called Dexter and Winter's Detective Agency, written by Nathan Byron, and it's presented in arrangement with Nick Hearn Books. And it's a madcap story to keep you guessing and giggling. If you want to know more, scroll back through the previous episodes of the podcasts and find the one with Christina Castling, who is leading the turrets at the moment, and she'll tell you more about it. She will. And tickets can be booked, but this time we're operating a pay-what-you-can system. So all you have to do is simply enter the amount you want to pay in donations after selecting tickets online, or you can phone the box office or pop in to book Absolutely. your tickets. Absolutely. If you're looking for a bit of a guideline... Uh, if you can afford it, a fiver would be good, wouldn't it? It would. It would. Brilliant. And it all goes towards Turrets Youth Theatre. Yeah. Brilliant. Looking forward to that one. And then uh, at the weekend, we're talking July the 22nd and 23rd. We are. We're on summer festival duty again. Now, a change to the programme on the 22nd uh, on the morning. Yes. Change to the advertised lineup. We have at 11 o'clock Jamie... Uh, Jury, who is a singer and guitarist, performing easy listening and upbeat covers from the 60s to the present day. Yeah, yeah. it just shows he, he just dropped us a line the other week and uh, passed it on. And uh, as luck would have it, a spot opened up. He's just coming down uh, from down the road. He's only in Richmond. So look forward to welcoming him at 11 o'clock on the 22nd. And then at the two o'clock slot. Yeah, two o'clock we have returning Hop, Skiffle, Jump. Yeah. 1950s authentic skiffle music. Absolutely. There will be an audience of at least seven for this performance because as well as me and my good wife, uh, my sister and her husband and daughter, along with my mother and father, are coming uh-huh. as well. And they're coming because my dad was a mad, mad skiffle fan back in the day. He was, um, he was the original Lonnie Donegan fan. <laughs> Saw him at the Stockton Globe or whatever it is. Used mm-hmm. to go over there and see Lonnie Donegan on stage. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking my dad to the last tour that Lonnie Donegan ever did before he died. We saw him up in Newcastle and he was brilliant. He was well into his 70s then, I think. And he, oh, wow. he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I told my dad that when Hop, Skiffle and Jump come, we'd, all have a, we'd have a bit of a family outing to watch them. Fabulous. So Fabulous. there we go. Looking forward to that one, yeah. as you can tell. And then on Sunday the 23rd. We have the ever-popular community choir, No Added Sugar. Brilliant. They're really good. They are. So they'll be uh, singing some popular classics. So come come on down and we'll have, um, hopefully the weather will be good. Garden will be open. Food and drink available from the cafe. Absolutely. Um, it's free, but donations very welcome. Absolutely. Have I mentioned that July the 23rd is my birthday, by the way? Uh, no, you haven't, Stuart. Is that a bit of a hint? It is, rather. July the 23rd is my birthday, Jane. Is it? If, is it? Just if you wanted to pop it on the diary. <laughs> you know. Let's, let's, see, let's see what the postman brings this year. Not much on a Sunday, actually. <laughs> Never mind. So then, Jane, um, where, for the ticketed events, where can we get tickets from? By phone in the box office on 018336 Well done. And online? www.thewitham.org.uk Perfect. Another week ticked off. Another week gone. Excellent. Yeah. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see you later, Stuart. Bye. Bye.
And that's it for this week. If you've enjoyed the podcast, do give us a follow. Uh, we're going to leave you, obviously, with a track from uh, ELO, classic ELO, going back to the 70s. Uh, this is Sweet Talking Woman, and I'll say cheerio and see you next time.
Thanks for listening to In the Spotlight from The Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Available on all major podcast platforms. So please give us a follow and leave a comment or listen online at www.thewitham.org.uk. We'll be back soon with another episode.